0: I want to share with you an unbelievable insight that I just had into the Kabbalistic nature of Rosh Hashanah. And I want to begin by doing a very quick recap into some of the other ideas that I've said previously. And uh, if you haven't listened to the previous discussions about Rosh Hashanah that I've posted, then this will be a little bit quick. But if you have a little bit of background, you should be able to catch it very quickly. So we mentioned that Rosh Hashanah is the reliving of the energy of creation, that God created the world on the 25th of Elul, and then on Rosh Hashanah, the first day of Tishrei created Adam, the first human being. And on Rosh Hashanah, we commemorate that original founding of the universe with the ultimate purpose of creation of man that God created the world in order that he should be revealed down below, that he should ultimately have a relationship with us. There's no such thing as a king without a kingdom, without a nation, and we are that recipient of the good with which God wished to give and bestow upon other when he created the world in order to reveal his goodness and his compassion, and we are this recipient of that of that goodness and compassion. So on Rosh Hashanah, All the prayers focus on God being the king. And the reason for that is, as we just explained, that essentially it's the day of the founding of the company and the CEO of the universe looks at his creation and he posts his mission statement on the wall and says, how are we doing at fulfilling the mission statement in which the world was created, ultimately to reveal God in the world? So in the past, we've spoken about the difference between unity and harmony, that God before creation was unity, a complete simple oneness without end, referred to in Kabbalah as Ein Sof, that which is without end. And that's complete unity. But God wanted to reveal his unity and his oneness in an even greater way, and that's called harmony. When you sing in unison, everyone sings the same note. It's beautiful, it's simple. But when you sing in harmony, everyone sings different notes, and it's even more beautiful. Harmony reveals oneness in an even greater degree than unity because it's made up of multiplicity. God took his infinite oneness and split it into the multiplicity of this universe. And our job is to put the pieces of the puzzle back together to reveal the unity that's hidden inside and underneath the pieces. That's the mission statement of the world. And on Rosh Hashanah, God becomes the CEO of the universe, looks at his creation, and then has a one-on-one, an interview with every single employee of the company. And he asks us, are you in or not? The judgment of Rosh Hashanah, as we talked about, Yom Hadin, Day of Judgment, is not a judgment on the past of what you did last year. It's a judgment of the future. What will you do in the upcoming year? And God, as the greatest CEO of history, gives each and every one of us the opportunity to choose our role in the company. To decide what we can do for the CEO. And then... He funds us. He literally makes us his partners. In the company, let's open up our own franchise and literally gives us the funding for whatever we need to become the greatest employees in this next year. So essentially, the judgment of Rosh Hashanah is on the future based on the now. What is our desire? How bought in are we on the mission? What can we do with our personal mission statement? To do something great with the talents and the gifts he's given us. To make the world a better place. To reveal God in the world and in ourselves. By perfecting ourselves and perfecting the world. So that's essentially the story of Rosh Hashanah. And we mentioned previously, why do we blow shofar? So just as we said that God created the entire universe with speech. And I'll add in a beautiful idea I just heard today. Someone quoted from a movie. I don't recall the name of the movie that a a really great line, which, uh, which I said before the movie came out, I think the movie was from 2022. Uh, It's called, sorry, can't remember, but uh, in the movie, it's about a a record producer or a recording artist. And he says, whether you believe the world is created with by God saying, let there be light or whether the world is created by, By a big bang, everyone agrees the world began with sound. And that's a very profound idea. According to science, string theory proposes that the smallest building block of creation inside atoms, inside quarks, is something called strings. And the reason they're called strings is because they vibrate. And the Torah says that God created the world with speech. And Kabbalah explicitly explains that the building block of creation is the letters of creation. So, God created the world with speech, and yet Adam was created with breath. God blew into Adam a nishma's chayim, a living soul. And the Ar- ancient Aramaic translation of that, a living soul, is ruach mamalo, which means a speaking spirit, the breath of speech. What does that mean? That when a person blows, they blow from their very essence. Breath gives voice to speech. When you take that breath and you put it through constriction of your mouth, it comes out as speech. Speech is the expression of breath. God created the world with speech, but to Adam, he gave the power of speech. Literally the breath which enables speech. Because Adam's job is to be a partner in creation be God's partner in creation. On Rosh Hashanah, when we blow the shofar, what we're essentially doing is we're reigniting that spirit of speech, that soul within us, which enables us to now become God's partner in recreating ourselves and recreating the world. That's why the prayers in Rosh Hashanah are all about the world coming together under the kingship of God. God's ultimate desire is that Him and His name should become one the name is your expression in the world your outer expression according to Kabbalah so ultimately God's vision is that his his desire his will should be fully expressed in his creation that all the parts and pieces of this world should express his oneness and that's exactly what we're focusing on Rosh Hashanah is how can we become God's brand ambassadors How can we become his PR marketing team? How can we best express him through our actions in this world? So that's that's Rosh Hashanah in a nutshell. Now I want to jump into something new, which is unbelievable. So there's another thing that's taking place in Rosh Hashanah. According to Kabbalah, on that first day after God blew into Adam, the next step is to create Eve. So we all are familiar with the story of God taking Eve from Adam's rib. That's actually not correct according to the Talmud. The word that's translated as rib actually means side. And the Talmud explains that Adam and Eve were actually created as one being that was both masculine and feminine. It says that they were created back to back. Adam and Eve were both created as one being. And then God put Adam to sleep and separated Eve from him into a separate being. And that energy is actually happening on Rosh Hashanah. Adam is f- feeling this, this sleep fall come upon him, which means he's feeling this, this disconnection. And then Eve is separated from him and made into a separate being. This this always bothered me. I didn't really understand how we can relate to that, that story and that energy. And it came to me yesterday, unbelievable. And I think I was thinking about it wrong. I was thinking, you know, we're Adam, and we're having Eve separate from us, but that's actually incorrect. We are actually Eve. And this story of Adam and Eve being separated from each other is the story of the creation of the universe. And it's a story of human history. So we mentioned that God was ultimate oneness, split himself into the many pieces of the world with the goal of coming back together with him. It's a story of his soulmates. The soul is one, made up of both masculine and feminine, are split into this world into separate bodies with the goal of coming back together. What's the purpose of coming back together if you were originally one just Why go through this whole story? The answer is because when you come together as from being separate beings, then true relationship is possible. Let's think about the mother and her baby child. Who loves you more, your mother or your father? So I always thought it's obvious. Mother loves the child more. But several years ago, I came up with an idea that actually it's not correct because the mother doesn't love the child. The mother is the child. The child is literally one with the mother. The mother's love of the child is really an extension of herself because she's so intimately connected to the mother. It will always bother me. Why do we pray to God as our father, not our mother? Mother is a much better metaphor. Mother is the creator. Intimately connected. So the answer is, is because the mother has an intimate, unconditional love for that child because it's a part of her. The father is disconnected from the child. And because of that disconnection, the father has to seek to build relationship. I always tell the story that my first real moment that I felt connected to my kids was the moment when they made eye contact and smiled as babies. For me, now I felt like I was bought in. Now there was actually a reciprocal relationship. God wants a reciprocal relationship with us. He, he of course, loves us unconditionally like a mother, but he wants us to reach out to him like a father. That's the relationship that God wants because then we're actually recipients in that relationship as opposed to the mother's love of a child, which is completely one-sided. The mother doesn't need the child to do anything. She loves him no matter what exactly as he is. God says, no, I want you to actually build a relationship with me. I want you to live up to certain standards. The mother loves us with complete acceptance. The father is seeking a relationship of approval, of conditional reciprocal relationship. But if we think about the mother's love and relationship with the child, so there's also two phases to that. See, the mother, when the child is within her, doesn't love the child. She is the child. But when the child is born and is now separate from the mother, now she can begin to have a relationship with him. Now that the child's alone and cold and, and, and separate, can now come back together to nurse and cuddle in the mother's arms and now is experiencing that closeness. When God was all there is, there was no relationship. There was no other to receive his goodness. Once we are separate from him, we can come back and connect to him with closeness. That's the story of this world. When a couple meets, initially your relationship is all about you. It's one-sided. You're connected You're only seeing the world through your own eyes. But only when you make space for the other, recognize that Adam and Eve are different beings, can you begin to have true relationship. True love is recognizing another's existence. And making another's needs your first and foremost desire. So... Let's go back to our story. So, we're actually Eve. What do I mean by that? When Adam and Eve were created, they were back to back. And that's essentially a metaphor for an imperfect relationship. Suddenly, when they're separated, Eve becomes separate from Adam. Now, Eve, the feminine in Kabbalah, represents the expression. We talked about earlier the name. The feminine element is there to bring down and receive all the energy from the higher levels and then transform that into life, right? The female receives from the male the DNA, the potential, and she turns that into actual. A great metaphor for that is Mother Earth. The Earth receives The blessings from the sun, the rain, and then gives forth to something even greater, the birth of life, of foliage. So the feminine aspect was originally connected to the masculine aspect, but it wasn't really receiving in a face-to-face relationship. When Eve became separate, now she has the ability to come back together with Adam and receive his spiritual flow face-to-face in a reciprocal and loving relationship. The problem is, is that she now has an independence to deal with, and now her number one drive is to disconnect. What I want to refer to this disconnection from Adam as feminism. And let's not get too into the uh, social uh, – Psychological and 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 political ramifications of this. I don't mean to offend anyone, but the idea of feminism is that the female is independent from the male, and the Torah version of the perfect, the perfect relationship is male and female working together. Now we're not talking about men and women. Please don't take this out of context. Of course, we are to some degree speaking about men and women. But we're really talking about male energy and female energy. So we are Eve. Eve is the story of a human being. We were part of God and then we became disconnected. And our job is to become the clear vessel to receive God's blessing and then transform it into something even greater. Our job is to perfect the world, to literally reveal God into parts and pieces of this world, just like a puzzle. You take a puzzle made up of a million pieces. Thousand-piece puzzle. You put the pieces of the puzzle together, and you're left with a beautiful image. But you had the image all, all the way at the beginning on the cover of the box. What was the point of this whole charade? And why do you take the puzzle and put it up on the wall afterwards? The answer is is because that original picture, there was no work done. It was unity. Our job is to put th- into in the effort to reveal the oneness, to reveal the picture that's hidden in the parts and the pieces. So that's the story of our lives, to fight the inclination to be a feminist, to fight our inclination to think I can exist without God. I can do it myself. I'm an independent entity, and to recognize that I'm just a piece, I'm just a cog. My job is to let God flow through me, to let the divine flow through me, to be a conduit and a a funnel to reveal godliness in this world, which is even greater than the original oneness my job is literally to perfect the world so on rosh hashanah our focus is that god disconnects he removes himself he removes his energy adam is left essentially alone and independent he blacks out he goes to sleep he feels disconnected from god And then he wakes up and he's independent. God literally says, I'm giving you your own franchise. I'm giving you your opportunity to create greatness. You're independent. Now you have to use that independence to come back and reconnect with greater connection than ever before, with true harmony, or, God forbid, to disconnect and to think we could do it without him. That's Rosh Hashanah. So I want to give us all a blessing that this Rosh Hashanah, we connect to our true will to do the will of the Creator, to be a faithful employee, and literally to become a partner with God in creating the most incredible, beautiful reality. I wish you all a Shana Tova, a beautiful year of life and purpose and connection.